brain Welcome into his frequency Enter at your own risk Come be at peace with me Ask the Paul Where we rise and don't fall Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Uh, we've been doing a number of amazing uh, conversations and uh, tributes to contributors of Black history. We're going to keep that uh, party going today with a great friend of mine. He is a husband, a father, a student. Um, a military veteran, um, a, a, a mentor of mine, a confidant of mine, and just uh, just one of the most solid people people around. Um, Dion Carson, welcome back to Baxter's Buzz, my friend. How you doing? Thanks for having me, bro. I'm doing good. How you doing? Fantastic, man. I'm. I'm. Uh, I, we'll talk about this a lot of this at another time, but. Just uh, your perspective on things, I always appreciate. Um, I've been giving everybody an opportunity to sort of present who they want to pay homage to, with no no leading uh, the witness per se. And um, I was really really uh, excited to talk about who you decided to to uh, kind of shed some light on today. So who who are we talking about? Um. I would like to focus on the queen, the literary giant, Toni Morrison. She uh, she passed away a few years ago. I think it was 2019. And unfortunately, that was my introduction to her. I had missed out on a lifetime of great reading and great perspective and just a person who was a giant in our history. What, what did... Um... What stood out and why did you want to, to talk about her specifically today? Um, originally, when, when she passed, every, every Black author of note, no matter their genre, paid homage to her. And they spoke so very highly of her. And then I came across some interviews where she navigated some questions with a grace and an authority that I hadn't seen before. And um, I just got to digging into some of her writings, some of her awards, and who she influenced, and I was I was just amazed, and I was I was I was saddened too because it took for her to pass for me to even dig into her and and, and learn about her life. Yeah, when I think about the number of folks I have yet to sort of learn about who contributed to this great history that we have. Um, it's kind of like, man, why didn't I know this sooner? Why didn't anybody tell me about this person sooner? But this is why why we're here. We're shedding light so that hopefully we can shorten the learning curve for some other people and, and, and you know, um, get people to start looking into folks that they maybe uh, haven't heard about much, you know, prior to, right? You talked about um, sort of her interviews and sort of the the grace that she had, but also there was a, a confidence and intensity there. Um, when, when I think about a black woman specifically moving around in these uh, these corporate fields or uh, just in life in general, 
there's a lot of preconceived notions of what like this what a black woman is supposed to be, right? Um, and it seems like society tends to make or try to make women very uh, one-dimensional in, in many ways. Like, like, speak to that. Yeah, um, they tr society inside of our community and outside of our community tends to try to pathologize black women and or make them seem monolithic when they are not. Just like no one else is. Black women are diverse. They are unique, they're strong, they're beautiful, and they are worthy of uh, all of the things that come with life and opportunities that should be presented to them, but they get painted into a box. If a black woman is strong, oh, she's angry. If she decides to be a housewife, oh, she's weak. If she's, if she's been married a couple times or maybe she has a couple um, children by a couple different, oh, then, you know, she's another name. It, it, it's never looked at with a, with a lens of positivity to uplift them and to help them out and to recognize that if you just look at it the right way, you'll be able to see those wonderful things and you don't have to make anything up because they're there. That's right. It's, it's the, 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 the angles and the perspective that we choose to take. When I say we, like I said, we, we all have been guilty of it in one way or the other, but society as a whole has really tried to carve out this very specific lane for, for Black women, whether it's related to just society, whether it's related to their impact on political uh, affiliations and, and, and races, or whether it's um, inside of the Black community and the history um, and our sort of uh the not the reversal of roles uh, between black men and black women but the dynamic of how in the in the past how those relationships would would carry out and how they become much more educated much more independent and how we had we we almost look at that as a fault sometimes and we don't peel back the the onion and say well why did they have to be so independent why do they have to be so self-reliant right so there's a there's a lot of stuff to get into yeah yeah and and uh, we're not gonna sit and act like we didn't grow up in a uh in a generation of uh daddy deprivation we did we we no matter you know we grew up we 80s babies you know early 90s teenagers and all that stuff we saw that so for the women to have to adjust and to raise and to move a community forward, then for their daughters to grow up with maybe an expectation that that could possibly be their future, then yeah, you have to take on a different kind of strength and develop different survival tactics to make it in this world. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, we, you know, yeah, yeah, that's a whole another conversation and, and we'll definitely have to spend some more time on that, but um, but Miss Toni Morrison, um, specifically, when you talk about her, when you think about her projects and, and some of her poetry and things, uh, are there any that stand out to you? Any anything that make a specific like mark on you? 
um, we open up with her first uh, novel, which is uh, The Bluest Eye. It's her writing a story. She wrote this in the 70s. She's writing a story about black a Black woman being so influenced by, a Black girl being so influenced by Eurocentric beauty standards that she, she desires to have Eurocentric features. And for you to be in a world where what you look like is always taken for granted or over-sexualized or looked at as less than it in the beauty standard of someone else, and she dove right into that. And, and this is in the 70s when she dove into that. Though those types of subjects weren't, um, weren't always prevalent. And she took a lot of heat for getting into those. Then she had the Song of Solomon about a black man who had an identity crisis. And he had to develop and, and be taught by other people to love himself as he was. And then you get into Beloved, which is what she actually, um, she won her uh, Pulitzer Prize for, mm-hmm. for fiction. And then it, it's actually a, a true story of a Black woman who was enslaved, escaped slavery. And then when they, when her, you know, her, uh, her captor caught up with her. She killed her daughter rather than to have her daughter grow up in slavery. Mm. She made that choice. And then in the court system, they had to decide whether she should be charged with damage of property or murder. And that, that raises a whole question of humanity. And this is the type of stuff that she tackled in her books. And, and it's just amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah, um, I had a conversation, uh, uh, part of this uh, Black history conversation around um, image, right? And we talk a lot about social media and it's, and the the, the more you spend on time, the you know, more time you spend on social media, you know, you, you're more likely to be anxious, you know, have anxiety issues, depression, Right. And we are uh, we are looking at a lot of people's highlights. Right. People are are posting all the great things about themselves. And we as people are looking at them as as this is this is their life. Right. So if you think about that same concept, you think about um, images on TV, the images in magazines, books, mm-hmm. baby dolls and if everything um that you see is 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 white and you're a, a young black woman i mean how does that impact your self-esteem right we talk we think about the bluest eye you know i joke but it's really not a joke i mean it's probably been about 15 years ago or so or less i realized that band-aids were supposed to be flesh colored yeah it, it and i didn't realize that i'm like oh this book Oh, okay. Like it, it's, it's so many things that are built into what we see every day, and we don't always realize the impact that it's making on us. Yeah, because that's what you see is assumed to be the standard, and anything outside of that standard is a form of otherness. So if you're outside of the standard, then what are you? You know, you're something else. So that's that's been pressed upon. Um, and it, it's very, very prevalent 
for black women because of the beauty standards and the beauty industry and then what gets marketed to you because we know like I mean there it's not a lot of products for male beauty enhancement. You're gonna get a haircut and lift some weights or something, you know, other than that. <laughs> right. But that female, that's a multi billion dollar industry. And we know that that has been centered on a Euro-centered standard. And uh, yeah, so she she addressed these things, man. And um, she she definitely hurt. She used to say uh, that she her goal was to resist being under a white gaze. She didn't want to center the approval or the the the, the standard of of whiteness in her novels, in her speech, in her day to day life. Because that's not what she was. Okay. Um, there's a particular interview, and I'm um, 99% certain that you 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 watched it just like I did. Um, there's uh, I think they were from overseas. The woman was from overseas. She definitely had an accent. Um, yes. and they were talking about her accolades, right, and her and the recognition that she was getting, and um, you know. Uh, Tony talked about the Black experience, like you talked about, uh, you just mentioned, um, and how it was to be a Black male, female, right, Wh whatever the case may be, from this very, you know, Black-centric perspective. And the interviewer asked her, did she ever think, correct me if I'm not, if I'm not saying it right, the interviewer asked her if she thought that she would ever incorporate a more white yes um point of view in her yeah. in her writing yeah and and tony instead of answering the question she explained to her that you don't understand how powerfully racist that question is so you that that's that's audacious to ask me that question when you would not ask any other author that question when about their novels who could center mostly almost all white characters and white heroes and or whatever ethnicity that person may be from. But for me, this is a question. That's not even a literary question. Yeah, it's it's like, um, and, and I really believe that the woman, woman didn't realize what she said until it was, it was brought to her attention and she gave the, Miss um, Morrison gave the example of, you wouldn't ask a Russian author, right? when they're gonna talk about non-Russian themes or Russian people, right? Right. There's this, this uh, otherness that you, you mentioned, you know, uh, we I've talked about uh, people who've contributed, who've been part of the military. We've talked about corporate America on this pie. We've talked about the, the this line where we're, you know, walking amongst the same folks, but somehow, aren't treated the same. And um, so much so that if you write about Black people solely, they think that there's, there may be an issue with that. Yeah. We don't have, listen, decentering whiteness in your, whatever, the, whatever you're doing is not a sin. It's not an offense. It's not an affront. There is nothing wrong with the way she wrote, the audience that she wrote to, because guess what? 
that's her audience. You don't ask a science fiction author, when are you going to start writing biographies? That's not his audience. That's not his target. And you'll never care to ask that question, right? She's a woman who grew up in the 50s and 60s, I want to say, because she wrote her first book about 1970, I think, in America. She went to she grew up in the Midwest in Ohio, but then she went to college at Howard. And then not only did, did she experience that that type of environment being a, a black human, she also was a woman. That's right. So now she's in this because she when she became an editor, now she's in this world that's predominantly dominated by white men. And you have to fight on both fronts in order to prove or earn or just get what you to get what you've already earned. How about that? That's right. That's right. And I'll say that um, you know, the those experiences specifically um, are so important. Um, they're important today, but they're they're important from from decades prior because it gives us a view into some of the things that um, that we maybe couldn't uh, experience, you know, personally, but that we can sort of learn from the from these folks. And if you if you whitewash these things or if you omit these things from history, it doesn't speak to. There's a huge huge blank spot. And in, in, in this canvas that is America, right, that we're missing. And that, that, that's a disservice to everyone. Yes. And she understood the necessity of the writer. She spoke about being around during the protests and things of that nature uh, during the 60s and, you know, things that were going on. And she said, I understood that they couldn't last as in the people. I have to get them to put these things into print, which is why she pretty much coerced Angela Davis to write an autobiography at 28 years old. She edited and, and, and co-authored Muhammad Ali's uh, The Greatest. Um, she edited Huey P. Newton's books. She edited, um, she, she just had so much influence on getting our history and our experience into print that her her shadow, her, her, her power, it goes beyond just her own writings. And in today's day and age, where they're banning books, where they're categorizing anything that speaks of the Black experience almost under critical race theory and, and, and trying to rile, rile up parents to go against it, we need to be aware of our literary giants and what they wrote and how they wrote it's important that's right and I'll, I'll just end by saying that we have to look at people's differences um as an opportunity to learn and for them to add some flavor into to what we're doing not as a threat not as this something that's aside you know how you um I had, you know, it's like, uh, what is that? What, what? Tell me about that sauce. Let me just try it on the side because I'm not sure how I'll like it. No, we need to incorporate all these things because 
um, we all have amazing gifts and experiences to share. And the more that we share that stuff, the better we become as a people. And I know it, it sounds very cheesy, but it's, it's important that we understand that, that the, um, the diversity is a strength of ours, not something that we should be, uh, not some project, but something that we should be embracing in every, every walk of life. Yes. And until we are, because this is the thing, we don't have to search out those other types of authors. We've read them our entire lives. We, we, we've, we've never had to worry about wondering if we'll know about George Washington or Benjamin Franklin or Abraham Lincoln or, or uh, we didn't have to worry about if we were going to know about War and Peace or, you know, uh, Catcher in a Rye, all of those things uh, that we learned about that were mandatory learning, by the way. We didn't have to worry about those things, but they force feed us these little nuggets and quite often the watered down version of people from our history. And in order for, the, for us to catch up, we have to center our authors, our historians, our document uh, people who, who doc, do documentaries in order to even catch up because we're behind. We, we start going to school at five, six years old. And from day one, we're absent from the narrative. That's right. That's right. So again, this is a reminder that there's so many contributors, uh, folks that have been behind the scenes more so, folks that have been more so in front of the scenes, and but so many more behind the scenes that have helped propel, support, coordinate, and uplift the, the, the voices and the names and the faces that you may be more familiar with. So just, uh, I'm hoping that, that these uh, conversations will encourage folks to do more homework, learn about the, the history of, of black people and how important um, the black experience and the black contribution has been to America. Um, this was good, this was good. Thank you for your time. On behalf of Dion, I am Baxter E. I hope that you all enjoyed this. Uh, segment and um, until next time peace welcome into his brain welcome into his frequency into at your own risk come be at peace with me ask the call where we rise and don't fall